Bible, I guess I should ask if maybe we have uh, questions from the past meetings uh, or yeah, if you have questions. Any question? No, they are pretty simple messages, eh? Amen. Alright. Uh, I think it's been a beautiful time uh, oh Jesus, we thank you. I don't know this. My Bible is in. I'm still getting used to it. Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Can we open our Bible to the book of uh, John, chapter 14? We'll see if... uh, John, act. Okay. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Mm. So we'll read John chapter 14. And I'll read from, <clears throat> from 13 to 16. Uh, it says here, And whatsoever ye shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If ye shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. If ye love me, keep my commandments. And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you Another comforter, another comforter, 
that he may abide with you forever. Then Jesus clarifies it. Even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it seeth him not neither knoweth him. See, but ye know him for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. Yet a little while, and the word said, Me no more, but ye see me. Because I live, ye shall live also. Amen. Uh, let me read John 16. I'll read from verse 1. These things have I spoken unto you that ye should not be offended. Right? They shall put you out of the synagogues. Yea, the time cometh that whosoever killeth you will think that he doeth God service. And these things will they do unto you because they have not known the Father nor me. But these things have I told you that when the time shall come ye may remember that I told you of them. And these things I said not unto you at the beginning because I was with you. But now I go my way to him that sent me and none of you asketh me whither goest thou but because I have said these things unto you, sorrow had filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the Comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. And when he is come, he will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Of sin because they believe not on me. Of righteousness because I go to my Father and ye see me no more. Of judgment because the prince of this world is judged. I have yet many things to say unto you, but ye cannot bear them now. Albeit when he, the spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak. And he will show you things to come. He will show you things 
it will show you things to come. He shall glorify me, for he shall receive of mine, and shall show it unto you. All things that the Father hath are mine. Therefore said I, that he shall take of mine, and shall show it unto you. A little while, and you shall not see me. And again, a little while, you shall see me, because I go to the Father. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise the Lord. Uh, thank you, Jesus. Amen. So, sorry that I'm reading. I just have to read a few of these things. Amen. So I'll go to John 14 again. It says, if you, in verse 14, if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. If you love me, keep my commandment. And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever. Amen. Um, I'm just looking at Jesus' word here. Um, there is something about the, the comforter, right, who is the Holy Ghost. Um, so that he may abide with you forever. And then in, chap- in chapter 16, he says, nevertheless, verse 7, nevertheless, I tell you uh, the truth. It is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. Right? Says in, in, say, I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. I will come to you. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Uh, we all know that the scripture is, uh, has, has a, a center point, right? When I say center point, the scripture or the, the journey of, of redemption of man as a as an important center point uh, when I say center point it means as an as a very 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 important uh, key aspect that every believer must know and must have right the key and of course uh, right from the beginning right 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 from the beginning uh, 
uh, it, it has always been clear that the Lord has a destination for man. And I think most of the time, uh, we, in, I, I guess in a way we may, we may lose sight of what that is, especially when we go about our day and activities and, and things, right? Uh, especially if we don't know, uh, or if, if, there is no, if there is no real um, searching, we, it's possible that we may be around the things of God, we may give ourselves to the things of God in, per se, but never move into the real thing that Jesus wants for, for us. Amen. And it's important to know this, the, key, the key aspect, center point, that the Lord, that God is making reference to. Right? And of course, that's Christ. Amen. Uh, one thing that is evident here is that there is the, 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 the center point, which is the provision of salvation, is the, is the, the center point I'm calling here is, uh, is, is, is a bridge, right? Is the, I'll, put it, I'll call it the center point of God, right? Which is a bridge between mere men, right, and God. Amen. And I call it center point for a reason. Because from this point onward is what God himself accepts. In short, it is, it is because of uh, how God is, he needs to create that point for man. Amen. Amen. Of course, there is something about Jesus, right, here in this chapter 14, that is evident, right, is that Jesus has come into some kind of glory here, right, which he can't reveal. That his speech alone can't reveal them. It's possible to, to do so if those listening have moved into a world designed to hear such things. Amen. If they've moved into a world that is designed to hear such things. Because Jesus was telling them in verse, I believe chapter chapter 16 here, right? In verse 12, it says, I have yet many things to say unto you, but ye cannot bear them now. Ye cannot bear them now, right? They can't bear it now because they don't have the means of access to the things that Jesus is saying, Right? And of course, Jesus himself is not just, you know, playing or making himself just important. In short, when you look at it here, you don't even look, it doesn't even look like Jesus is important. Right? 
it seems like the Holy Ghost is also a lot much more important than him here. Right? Because is the Holy Ghost that he's saying is a, is a means to access who Jesus is at this point. Amen. Jesus is a beautiful, beautiful, is a creation of God. Right? Because he's a new creation too. Right? Even in my being Christ, he's a new creation. But that new creation um, is after the new man. Right? Which Jesus, Jesus is the new man. Every other man before the time, before Jesus came, were all old men. In short, we are very old. We are very, very old. Men have been old. Men have ages. They have ages. And the age that they have is not, it's not age towards God. It's actually age towards another king, another prince, another master. Amen. Praise the Lord. It's another master. God help me this night. Amen. Amen. And the master has, has, has raised men and has made them. Oh, the thing about when this master is raising is that it makes things old. It does not make things new. Because it does not have the, the capacity of making things new. In short, he himself is old. Amen. He himself is old. Praise the Lord. He's an old man. The scripture referred to him as that old serpent. Right? Say that old serpent. That's in the book of Revelation. Because in the in the garden was a serpent, right? Then in Revelation, they were making us realize that is, is that is an old, that old serpent, meaning he has age. An, he, has, he has gathered age. The serpent became a dragon, right? Meaning that the serpent did not stop morphing, did not stop changing. Keeps changing into different different things. It was a serpent, right? But it took the air, became a dragon. Right? It's a dragon, but they refer to him as old. Nothing, nothing, and there's something about that old there, right? Old is a is a sign of corruption. Right? Now the things of God don't get old. That's one thing about God. God does not get old. It doesn't, it's not old. Everything that flows from God, they have a sense of newness. They have a, a flow of newness. And newness there, in a way, is, is a way of refreshing when I say something is new, have you ever seen something new before and it doesn't give you some kind of joy? Even if it is kana. Right? 
even if it is carnal. Now, I'm not saying that that is our life. So, for example, now if somebody buy a new car now, yeah, in a way they will be happy somehow. Doesn't mean they are carnal. Just like, mm, I just got it. You just see, it's not that happiness is not after the fact that they are lost in after it. It's just some kind of say joy. It's, it's just joy there about it, right? Is not. It doesn't mean the soul is carnal, right? You know, many times when you maybe when you get something new and then you, you know you just found yourself smiling. You go, ah, my carnal. No, it's not, it's not, that's not carnality there. When you get anything new, if you buy a new house or a car, or a, if you get anything new, somehow, any, anything that has some sense of newness has the ability to drop, to drop joy into the soul. It's the way God has made the, the living soul. Right? The way God made it, living, means it must, it must be new daily. Amen. It must be what? It must be new daily. It's a, it's a new thing every day. It's new. It's new. The old, the old one does not have the does not have the grace or the strength of making things new. It doesn't. But it tries to create things. It tries to make things. It tries to make uh, new some. Se- he tries to copy some sense of newness, right? But really, it's a lie. It's a lie. All he does, all he did, is just making man chase after vanity. It, it makes men chase after vanity, because when men is when when you see a man, right? Now, I, I think I, I should explain this a little bit. When you see a man, right? Chasing after vanity is also an operation that Satan has done, right? To make sure that the soul has something it's pursuing after. Amen. The soul, naturally, a living soul, must pursue. It, it is impossible for souls to be without a pursuit. It's impossible. Right, and the truth of the matter is that we don't, we don't have too many, we don't have too many pursuit. Even though it may seem like it's plenty, to be honest, it's not many. It's just to pursuit on earth. You can pursue after God, or you can go after vanity. Is that? It's as simple as that. All the different things. I want money. I want career. I want all the pursuit that men can pursue ever in their life is either towards God or vanity. Right? Because Satan, when we put every, every, every pursuit has a reward. That's the thing. Every pursuit. Because it is, de- it is designed by that. That the the there is a crown to pursue. There is a glory to pursue. There is always a glory towards pursuit. Which is why 
God himself does not deny men that pursue after him. He doesn't. And then they were telling us, right, in Hebrews chapter, chapter 12. Right? It's in Hebrews chapter 12. Sorry, Hebrews 11. Let's, I think I'll read it. Hebrews 11 for verse... Hebrews 11, verse, verse 6. So, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God, see, he that cometh to God, that's he that is, that's a, is a sense of pursuit, must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them. That's what, that diligently, Seek him. See that he, this God, when you pursue after him, is not without a reward. When you go after him, it's not without a reward. There's a reward to, 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 to diligently seek him. The same way there is reward with God, there's also reward with Satan. When he rewards, he rewards with vanity. Amen. He rewards with vanity. He doesn't have any, 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 any other beautiful reward. He doesn't have any reward. Every reward that Satan has is a lie. He doesn't have any real thing to give. That's just the truth of the matter. Because he does not own anything. Satan does not actually own anything. Satan is a liar. Everything he gives men is not his own to give. He stole it. He's a thief. He's a robber. Right? Money that men are chasing, is not, he does not own it, but he stole it. Money is an economy. Is a, what do I mean by he stole it? Money came from an... Money is a, has a... Let me put it this way. Money is tied to economy of things. Right? He knows an he knows economy in the economics in the spirit. He knows economic economics economics. He knows it. It's not new. So when men come right today and then they are learning economics and then others, there's nothing new about that. It's already in the spirit, because you see God also talking with the economic language, right? He's talking with the economic economic language when he was talking about the the pursuit the not just pursuit the when 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 God was talking about how so should be spent. Amen. Amen. He was he's talking about an economy when he was talking about how so should should be spent in in Isaiah fifty five. Amen. Praise the Lord. In Isaiah 55. Amen. 
It says, Oh, everyone that tested, come ye to the waters. And he that hath no money, come ye by. Amen. You see? So he that hath no money, come ye by. Buy and eat. Yea, come buy wine and milk without money and without price. See, this is the prophet speaking. So wherefore do you spend for that which is not bread? Of course, they're not talking about spending real money here. Right? But he started with using the language of economy on the earth that men can relate with. Right? Because it's a prophetic word. Right? He started with money. Say, come buy milk, wine, milk, and milk without money and without price. Why? Because when he said that, men can understand the aspect of transaction. Normally, when there's a transaction, right, there will be an exchange. Amen. Right? There will be an exchange. What men know is how to exchange money for goods. Right? And they know price tags. So, he said, come and buy without money and without a price. Meaning that they don't put a price on it. To be honest, what they are saying is that this thing that you are going to purchase is actually much more valuable than money. Because this is without price, is without money. The, whatever you can buy without money, it seems as if it is cheap, it's not. It's valuable. Especially in the spirit. Not in the, in the natural sense. If, if, if you don't, or if, if even in the natural sense, there's a sense of it. But it is spiritual. Right? Where you, where you see things that have value that you can't repay. They are mostly spiritual. And they have to do with the economy of the soul. When you move out of the economy of the soul, you can put price on it. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Right, once you move out of the economy of the soul, you can put price on it. Why? Because you can put price on a car, a house, a, a TV. It's not really, really in the economy of the soul. That one is not in the economy of the flesh, the body. It's not, an, it's not in the economy of the soul. But it's possible to tie those things to the soul. Now, when you look at soul and natural things, right? Soul is actually a lot much more weighty. Your soul has price. My soul has a price. What does that mean? It has a weight. It has a worth. Right? The soul has a price. It has a worth in the spirit. If it has no worth, Jesus will not come and die for it. Right? And then Paul was saying to the Corinthians, don't you know that you have been bought with a price? Right? What scripture is that? Let's find it. Don't you know that you have been bought with a price. 
Amen. Thank you, Jesus. You have been bought with a price. That's First Corinthians chapter 6, verse 20. Right? I read from verse 16. It says, flee fornication. Every sin that a man doeth do it with is, do is without the body, but he that committed fornication sinneth against his own body. What, what know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own. For ye are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Your body and your spirit, which are God's. I know they didn't mention soul here. But to be honest, spiritual and body belongs to God. Amen. If it doesn't belong to God, then they won't be looking to sanctify it only that it be blameless. Right? The God of peace sanctify you only that your spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless. Right? So, there is a, even here they're talking about, Paul is in a way also talking about us honoring our body because our body in itself also has a price. And it's actually has worth. Amen. Our body has worth, right? Because they are telling us that we have been bought with a price. Right? And then the, the language of the soul was not mentioned here. But the language of the soul was mentioned earlier. Uh, when I say earlier, what is mentioned, not earlier, is mentioned in the book of Ephesians chapter 1. So it's chapter 1, that's why I made me say earlier, but it's not in the same book. So it's in Ephesians chapter 1, right? You have, you have the language of purchasing, right? Which is to purchase a soul that they were, they, that they were telling us concerning the Holy Ghost, right? Mm-hmm. That, uh, which is the earnest of the promise until the possession unto the redemption, sorry, unto the redemption of the purchased possession. Right? Unto the redemption of the purchased possession. Amen. Amen. The redemption of the purchased possession. The purchased possession. Amen. Amen. The redemption of the purchased possession. One thing that we should realize here is that every, every we should not make we should not make ourselves worthless. Right? Every soul should have a sense of worth. Right? Spirit, soul, and body. I'm not saying all these ones that the world will say that you know there's a way the world will say, ah, 
you are you are what it or oh, those kind of language. Be, you are unique, be proud in yourself. Not all those kind of language. <coughs> now, we, ca- we can say those language with a caveat. Right? The caveat there is that you belong to God. Yeah. And you are what, and it's true, every soul is what a lot. Yeah. Or just that the, 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 the problem that the world gives is that they say have self what. Your what is not self. Because self is dead. Any what that is self is actually dead and is actually worthless. That's the truth of the matter. Because self is worthless. But weighty negatively. Right? Is a weight. Self is a weight that they used to anchor man. He just put it upon his neck. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. They put it upon man's neck. You know, they, they, they take a weight and then hang it on man. It's called self, self-what. Love yourself. Take yourself seriously. I'm not talking about self. I'm, talking about, I'm not talking about, okay, let me not use that, that one because you have to take yourself seriously. Uh, just the self-sense. Self-sense. Anything that is self is actually worthless spiritually. Amen. Amen. That is why our worth, even though it's about us, is about the Lord. It's about the Lord. Right? Because your confidence is in the Lord. You do not own yourself. That's one thing that every, this scripture makes it clear that no man that is born again owns themselves. You don't own yourself because you are bought with a price. You know the way men would just say, ah, you know, let me, let me make my decision, you know, it's my life. Mm-hmm. If anybody does that, what they are pretty much doing is that they are fighting against their own master because nobody owns themselves. And it's not possible for them to own themselves. It's not possible for any man. It is Satan that lies to men to make them feel like, you see, you don't have to follow God. You are your own master. You can, you can think, you can choose. Right? You see all those fanatics that just follow God. You don't have to be like them. You can choose your own path. Decide whether you are going to love God or not. And you don't have to serve God though, the way others are serving God. Mm-mm. Even if you are born again, you don't have to serve. Just make your own path. God is easy. Jelenke, just go softly. Soft life. Spiritual soft life. The truth of the matter is that there's no spiritual soft life. It's spiritual hard knock life. Hard knock life with a fizzy. What do I mean by that? There's, there's actually f- the hard knock life, the hard life in the spirit is not is not the hard life in the natural. It's not. Actually, hard life in the spirit is a sweet life. Because Jesus said, take my yoke and my burden. My, bod- my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Right? Because the language of burden, 
right, speaks of weight. Right? It speaks of heaviness. When you hear body, I am burdened. Right? It's, a, it's an heaviness. But Jesus is saying, my own is light. So the, 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 the walk in the spirit, what, the reason why it's hard is really because of our infirmities. But, amen, life in the spirit is easy because his yoke is easy and his burden is light. It's easy to be spiritual. It's easy. It's easy to love spiritual things. It's easy. What, what makes it look like it's not easy is because Satan has lied to us. Life in the spirit is easy. What it requires is just love. Just love God. That's it. Fall in love with God. And Satan knows that. So he is going after anything that speaks about loving God. Falling in love with him. Chasing after him. Diligently seeking him. He hates it because he knows you have a reward if you can diligently seek. He knows that your reward is near. Anybody that can seek your reward is there. That's why he will lie to the soul about another reward. Is, um, you know Satan doesn't have any other, like I said, he's a thief, he's a liar. He doesn't own anything. He stole, everything he owns, he stole it. Right? The scripture calls him a robber, a thief. He said, the thief cometh not but to steal, to kill, and to destroy. If he steals, what he professes to be his own is not his own. He's the God of this world, not by right he stole it. Right? So everything Satan gives is a stolen good. Is a stolen good. Is a stolen good. Amen. Amen. So, no one is without a price. Amen. Amen. The way I'm talking, I don't know how long. Because I'm slow. Amen. I'm very, very slow. It's, we are bought with a price. So, the soul has weight, right? We don't own ourselves. We don't own ourselves. Nobody is the master of their own life. So if they now, if that's okay, can serve God, and then you are wondering, eh? I have work. I have, I have, I have this career thing I want to go after. It's all lies. The summary: You go after that, and you still lose life. Am I saying you should not be serious with work? No. I'm just talking about the priority where, where things sit in the heart. There's a, there's a place we play, there's a place we have placed somehow, secretly in the, in the bottom of our heart, there's a place we can just place the things of God. Sometimes, most, if you check it, most of the time, the easiest thing to discard are things that have to do with God. Check it. In the pre, when there's a pressing need to go to work, and you've not read your Bible, you can easily throw away reading Bible but go to work. Mm-hmm. Abby? Mm-hmm. 
if it's about going to fellowship, right? But then, you have a need for money. You can choose to go for extra cash. Right? Instead of going for fellowship. No, a lot of times we try to, you know, pad it and, you know, make it sound nice. It's okay. It's just it's a, it's a lies. I'm, saying, I'm, I'm not saying we are lying. I'm just saying, is, Satan is cheating men. Satan is cheating men. Why? Because what Satan is after is not really about your finances. It's not about, it's not after your, yeah. it's not after your, your, your money. What Satan is, is, is after is your soul. So when Satan begins to create demand for legitimate things around you, all he's doing is just creating distractions. It's just distraction is creating. Even legitimate things like career and work is not the only thing he uses. He uses situations. He can use friends. He can use uh, families. Just bring up issues that can take, begin to take your attention. Any time you, you notice your attention is is being taken away from God. Check it. The issue is not even... When you, when you are sensitive in the spirit, you know, the issue is not really... See this thing, eh? It seems like a legitimate issue, yes. Ah, this is a big issue. Yeah, yeah. Okay, done. The question is, okay, so what is the next step? Okay, let me go and address it. God, I'm coming. That is how Satan has gotten men. Because it, there's, there's an idea Satan always sells. That evil spirit always sell to men. It won't take you long to fix this. Go, go fix this issue. Then come back to God. Yeah. It will be quick. You will do it quickly. Yes. Then you realize that the moment you move into it, it's not going to be quick. Yes, <laughs> it's not going to be quick. Because Satan is a steal, is a thief. It, it steals time. And it steals attention. It steals steal commitment. Because Satan does not want men to follow after their maker. Amen. Amen. So here clearly we see that Satan is a thief. Clearly is a thief. Even man, he lies to man to believe that he has a right to his soul. It's a way of killing us. Nobody owns themselves. Like I was saying, the scripture tells us here clearly that we have been bought with a price, right? And he was telling us, Paul is telling us that our spirit and body, which is God's, right? But Ephesians 1, chapter 12 tells us that we are, we are given the Holy Spirit, right? Until the redemption of the purchased possession. What they purchased is spirit, soul, and body. Which needs to be redeemed. Amen. So when we get born again, we think all once we get born again, problem is not all solved. We are just starting a journey. Amen. So Satan will come and lie to us to just distract, to take us and say, no, you don't have to follow after God. Take take your own path. You can take the easy path. It's a lie. It's all lies. It's all lies. Amen. Now I'm just bringing this back to. Uh, how I landed here is through the economy, right? Talking about the economy of the soul because uh, Satan, Satan knows about that. Amen. Eco- economy in the spirit is, is real. 
right? Now, you have the aspect of spending, and I mentioned earlier that our soul is waiting, right? It's, our soul actually has weight, and it has prize. Amen. And the, the thing is about that is that they can also make it a lot more. One thing about soul of man, man generally, is that man can be upgraded. Amen. It's like when you buy silver, right? You can exchange it for gold, right? After a while, you know, I don't want silver anymore. I want gold. Get gold, right? So they can, up, they can actually upgrade the soul by adding value to the soul. And that's actually how men appreciate by adding of spiritual value. Amen. Now, this spiritual value that they add to the soul is what men ought to access by faith. Faith is the means by which you can access spiritual values, right? Because in, it is by faith you can what? Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. The things you can't see are valuable. They are valuable. They are precious. They are beautiful. Which is why men should go after beautiful, valuable things. Beautiful, awesome, valuable things. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, uh, souls uh, have a price. Satan also wants to buy the soul. He wants to buy, he wants every soul to buy into him. Right? Because in the spirit, you can, you have, you can have a means of exchange. You can buy and sell. Amen. Amen. And of, it's because you are buying and selling, that is why you can be upgraded. Amen. Amen. Because in Isaiah 55, they began to now explain to all the things we should buy for upgrade. Amen. Amen. So they're telling us the things we should what? We should buy for upgrade. It's, it's things, there are things that can upgrade man. First of the, the first thing that can upgrade man is the Holy Ghost. When you have the Holy Ghost, you are upgraded. And this is the thing that men don't know. Is that most of us just think Holy Ghost is just one nice guy that we talk to and he just come and talk and help us and he lead us and that's it. No, Holy Ghost is a serious upgrade. Is the upgrade right of a dust or grass? A dust or a grass can be upgraded by the Spirit. Amen. And I keep upgrading it by filling it with Spirit, filling it with Spirit, until it is upgraded. And it's windy or stony. Amen. Amen. Oh, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. So Isaiah 55 tells us, Oh, everyone that thirsted, come ye to the waters. And he that hath no money, come ye buy and eat. Yea, come buy wine and milk without money and without price. Amen. Now, what will, what, will, what will make a man to be able to purchase without money? It's because he has what is worth, has a worth of purchase. He has a worth of purchase. You, have, you actually have money. It's just not the way men, it's not what men call money. 
It's called the energy of your soul. It's called the labor of your soul. Amen. It says without money and without price that this thing that you are going to access in the spirit is actually much, has much more value than money. It has a lot of value than money. Amen. It, has a, it's, it is more, it's much more, what much more, much more than money. Like I was explaining earlier, there are things you can, you can, you can, you, you, when you see naturally, you can quickly see that he has no price. Imagine when a man helps his fellow brother by a show of love, maybe to, uh, a quick example is maybe someone decide to sell their car, right? Or donate their car to a friend. Not that kind of thing, you'll be like, uh, is it just car? That car is worth $5,000. Okay, the car is worth $5,000, but that act is worthless. Sorry, let me not say it's worthless. It is, it's not worthless, sorry. It's, that, that act is priceless. That's the word, sorry. <laughs> that act is priceless. Why? Because what that man or woman did, that act is worth much more. Than money. In short, that, that can be weighed as billions of life in the spirit. Amen. Amen. If you see men doing things that has to do with life in the spirit, you can see that, you can, you can, like, like you know, Pastor Sese mentioned, you can be a billionaire of life. That instead of being a billionaire of money and dollars and, and naira and pounds, you can be a billionaire of life. You can have life billionaire. Billionaire. There's a, there's a guy called Camilone that used to rap. I don't know if you remember. His name is Camilone. I was wondering what kind of name is that? Because I don't even know. Because I know Zillion, and I, I know Gazillion, I know Trillion, I know Billion, but this one is Chameleon. I'm like, who's, why are you a Camilone? I don't know. Is he a Chameleon? <laughs> you are a priceless chame, Chameleon. Right? But you can be a billionaire of life. Amen. Yeah. But the summary is that souls are weighty. Souls have, they, are, they have a price. That is why they, can, they have an economy in themselves. Amen. You have an economy. Every soul has an economy. It's not without an economy. So they give, they give souls the power to buy and sell. Right? They give so the power to buy and sell. So when the prophet is saying, come, buy wine and milk without money, there must be something must be able to use to exchange. It is your soul. There are, there are things in your soul that can be used as an exchange. Amen. It can be used as what? As an exchange. You can, you can exchange... You, you can exchange by walking and receiving a reward. Amen. Your walk will be crowned with a reward. Right? Like we read, if you diligently seek, you'll be crowned with a reward. The same way, if you are diligently seeking something else, you will also have a reward of that. You will also have a reward. A reward of whatever it is you are seeking. And Satan knows that. And that is why it sells ideas to men 
to make sure that whatever you are buying, no, make sure it has nothing to do with God. Whatever you are seeking, make sure it has no alignment with the things of God. Why? Because he knows that the salvation of the soul is dependent on the right labor. On the use of the soul effectively. When, so, when we use our soul well, we get into the right labor. We use it to buy the right things. Amen. So wherefore do you spend money for that which is not bread? That money that you are spending is not physical money. So the money they are talking about here is the soul. Why do, you, why do you spend your soul for that which is not bread? And your labor for that which satisfieth not. Hearken diligently unto me and eat ye that which is good. And let your soul delight itself in fatness. The thing about God is that when you spend, you don't deplete you actually increase. That's the thing. When you spend for God, it's Satan that steals because that's, that's his job. Steal, kill, and destroy. Amen. That's his job, is to, to steal and kill. And then the reason why he now makes men, right, to actually go after vanity, labor for vanity, is to deplete the life, the what of the soul. Now when he depletes the what of the soul, the soul will become dust, useless, weightless, light, weakened. Right? And we can see the trace of that because Jesus died when we are yet without strength. That's when he died. It has to see the effect of the buying and selling that is ongoing in the soul. Amen. Not just the effect of buying and selling that is ongoing in the soul because Satan is doing a work of killing. He's doing a work of death upon the soul. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So we see here that what Satan sells to man, right, is vanity. So when Satan is selling vanity, it it does not make it look like vanity. It makes it look big. It just ties it to a need. Amen. Imagine you need money. (laughs) You can chase vanity if you need if, if you have something you are lusting for, you can go after vanity. You know, maybe you are looking to do something and then you are trying to save up money. You can abandon God. Yeah. And just, and just you know, you know, reckless abandon. Just abandon. <laughs> yeah. and, but you can abandon God, but still have a sense of, of service, servitude. Yeah. Why? Because you are still going to church. You are still... Maybe you are even serving and, and no, as, as, as long as, as you are doing all that, you are okay. But after service, after, after church, you're not check. What do you, what do you do with your soul? That's the real thing. That's the real spending. You no, know, when we go to church, you can feel good as if we've done something great. Ah, okay, I've gone to church today, so therefore I'm great. Mm-mm. Now, after you have returned, what, what is the desire of your heart? What are the longings of your heart? That is the real you. If after you've gone to church and you return and the desire of your heart has not changed, please revisit. <laughs> revisit church going. Right? Because church is not meant to... Fa- 
If you go to church and you return and nothing has changed in your soul with your pursuit, church is not meant to put the pursuit of vanity inside you. No. If after you've gone to church, you return home and you are the same, you need to check yourself. What's happening to me? Something must be dead. Now, you know sometimes, and I think this, this sense, which, which God will help us to, to, to overcome this sense. You know, there's a way, you know, you know, it's a common sense. We all go to church, you know, we clap after, in short, you can even dance. Oh, darling Jesus, darling Jesus. After we've danced, clapped, worshipped, and all that, you feel good. But after you return, the, the, and, there is, and the desire of your heart has not increased towards God. Trust me, you have just gone to, to clap. Nothing has happened. Sorry I'm saying this, but the truth of the matter is that our church is too should be hot for Jesus. Souls should come there. And, and, and when, when, when the souls come, they shouldn't go back still having desires and lust for things that are vain. Sometimes it's not the church's fault. Sometimes it's our fault. Because we go and then there is no true service in our heart. You can go to church there and then there is... It's, it's, it's a thing. It's a thing that men go to church Right now, if 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 it was like the olden days, if it was like the time of Peter, like uh, uh, the time, uh, right, uh, of of the tabernacle, that if you if you walk anywhere into the holy place, yeah. you, you you are gone. There's fear. Before you get to the holy place, most Israel does not like going there because they know that if they enter it wrongly, they are gone. But now sinners, when they, I mean, of course, we know that sinners are supposed to, we are welcome so that you can be born again, yes. But sinners feel comfortable in their sin. That's the problem. When I say sinners feel comfortable in their sin, it's not just all these works of the flesh, you know, fornication, adultery. That's one. Two, if the, because most people don't think that going after money is a sin in a way. When you leave God and follow after money, it's a sin. It's a sin. Wow. Now, when we hear this, now people will say, "I'm giving law." Please, it's not, it's not a law of uh, Moses. Uh, so now people will now say, people will now say that, no, 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 I'm going to church so that I don't sin. I'm not saying sin like that. Sin, well, you have to understand what sin is. Sin is a wisdom. It's a wisdom of life. It's a wisdom of living. So sin will instruct men, right? You know, you can. No, you know, it's just for a few days. Forget God for now. Right? Forget God for now. You, would, you can make it up tomorrow. Right? But one thing has happened. We have exalted, some, we have exalted death above life. We've exalted, we've exalted uh, the merchandising of life. For death. Amen. Amen. When so, when so shouldn't be comfortable going to church, coming back, and nothing, nothing is, is awoken inside of them. It's not just church alone, fellowship, anything that has to do with gathering amongst brethren. And you have, and, and you go return, nothing is awoken within. It's a sign that the coal is running cold. The coal is running cold. It means it needs to be fired up. We need to be fired up. We need to be fired up every day, every night. Fire, fire of the fire. We've been fired up. 
Amen. Because souls ought to be born in towards the Lord. Souls should be born in towards Jesus. In short, that should be the driving force of every heart. Every heart that is going after God, well, there's a driving force. Is the love for God. If all if men have everything on earth, but they don't have a desire for God, they are dead. All that they have is nonsense. It's nothing. It's useless. It's dead. No man can be happy gathering debt and saying that they will catch up with God later. Eh? They just be, they, they will be happy gathering debt here and there. But they're not doing evil. They don't feel like they didn't do any evil. They're okay. They just go to work, come back, just you know, take like ten, five uh, shifts in a day, you know, just to make extra cash. That's all they do. All they do is just make money so that everybody can be all right. But they don't. They, but they don't know that they are gathering debt. It's debt they are being gathered. Why? Because when they check the the cost, the cost of 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 God to you, it's very easy. It's, it, God is easily discardable, yeah. right? You can you can you can you can easily you can easily go to go to Cancun. Than wait, okay, I will use Cancun as an example because we are. <laughs> but okay, I'll be using Cancun as an example before you went to Cancun. So I think I can see you can go. You can go to see Shelly's. <laughs> you can go to, to see Shelly's. Eh? It's possible that the, the joy of going to see Shelly's can be more than the joy of going to Jesus. What our heart should be burning after is following after Jesus. Following after Jesus. Amen. Even for, if, if you check most rich men today, they will tell you they have lack. They know because money is vanity. Why? Why is it vain? The, what you call vanity is not because it, it, it's not real, right? No, that's one thing about vanity. Vanity is nothing that is exalted as something huge. For example, now, a soul, a soul can think having billion dollars in account is great, but it's vanity. Why? Because by the time they wait in the spirit, it's nothing. A billion dollars Dollar, dollar that you get in the bank. If you move it into the spirit, you will even see it. It's, it's nothing. It's vanity. Wow. It's vain. Wow. Anything that you move, when you move it into the spirit, is nothing. It's vain. So if you want to check whether you should, whether you should cherish God or not, is just, okay, if I move God into the spirit, is it there? If I move this thing into the spirit, is it there? Now what's the what? So souls must learn that the what of God compared to other things are much more. God is what? Much more. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. I've talked, I've talked a lot about this word. Let's move. Let, let me move to the, to the things I was saying earlier. Amen. But how I got here was through the... I was, I was talking about the... Um, in the beginning, right, that Satan did something to man, right? There's something Satan did to man in the beginning, which, of course, the, the initial tra- trajectory of man was, was initially, right, to go after God, to pursue after God and have God as his inheritance, right? But then Satan did something to man, introduced the seed of sin, it introduced the seed of the knowledge, it introduced the knowledge 
of good and evil. And as a result, right, man began to, to die. And the things that is of value of life inside the soul begin to degrade. Begin to degrade. Begin to degrade and begin to degrade over time. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. And as it was degrading, man was journeying far and far and far and far from God. And the, the further man journeyed, the, the, far, the, the more man went into sin, the farther man is from God. Amen. And because the father man, the father, the man, the, the more work that needs to happen to restore man. Now, this thing is a, I mean, it's very simple. We've been talking about it, it's, but it's good to understand that. It's like we Christians, would, as, as we have been doing, going about our life, you know, we just think everything is all about, oh, God will answer my bread, butter my tea, but bread and butter. God just, sell, God just solves my problem. And then we are good. And I just try to serve God and I can make heaven. But no, we need to really understand the issue of man. The issue of man is sin. And sin is a reproach. Amen. Sin is a reproach to God. Whatever sin is, God will retreat. Amen. But God has a, a restoration, has a plan, Right? which is to restore man back. Amen. And most of us, we, we have to understand that that's the reason for Christ. Christ didn't just die so that many people would fall in love also with God, give their life to Christ, and still go about their day and their life flowing after vanity. No, God didn't die for that. Jesus didn't die for that. Amen. That's what, what Jesus died for is to restore man. And we must understand the aspect of restoration or, or forgiveness of sin or the aspect of cleansing. Amen. Praise the Lord. And like I was saying, there's what Jesus was saying in this book of John, chapter 14. I'll just read it again. Amen. So, uh, what I was seeing here in that, he said, if you love me, keep my commandment, and I'll pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, uh, that he may abide with you forever. So, Jesus uh, began to talk about, so in, in the sense of restoration, right? Jesus began, uh, in short, many people may not understand the language of Jesus here, right? I'm sure the disciples, when they heard Jesus talking, right, in their mind, they are, they are trying to figure out, what is Jesus saying? Why is he saying he's leaving? Amen. Right? Like Thomas was asking in verse 5, Lord, we know not whither thou goest, and how, how can, and how can we know the way? Right? They are wondering, ah, where are you going? How can we know the way? Right? Because perhaps they might be thinking, is this an earthly journey? Right? Is it going to Jerusalem? And I can't find a way to where he's going. But Jesus answered them. He said that I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. So he began to explain to them that where I'm going really is to my Father. Amen. 
And so if you had known me, you should have known my father also. And from henceforth you know him, and I have seen him. He said unto him, Lord, show us the father, and he suffered us. He just said unto him, Have I been so long time with you, and yet hast thou not known me? Philip, he, had, he that hath seen me, hath seen the father. And how says thou then, show us the father. You see this language, he that hath seen me, hath seen the father. Now this language, the way Jesus talks, you have to get him sometimes. He, he speaks so prophetically, right? Now he that hath seen me, hath seen the father. It does not mean that if you have seen him physically, you have seen the Father. Amen. If you see him physically, you've not seen the Father. If you see him physically, in short, you've not seen the true Jesus and the Spirit. Amen. One of the things that you know, the Lord began to talk to us you know, in the teaching series is that Jesus is real. Jesus is real. The man of Jesus is real. Jesus is a man that is a God. Jesus is a man and is God. Let me use that word and that phrase. So it's certain. Jesus is both man and God. Now, there can be many arguments about the, 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 the God uh, nature of God. No, many people believe Jesus is God at birth. No, he wasn't a God at birth. He's fully man. If Jesus is God at birth or was God at birth, he wouldn't need Joseph and Mary to carry him to run away from Herod. If he's God. Because the baby would just maybe turn into one big giant and then just cast Herod out. And, or just spread hand and Herod would just faint and die. No. Jesus is purely man, purely God. But he didn't, he, but he didn't come purely as God initially. He came purely as a man. Even though his conception is miraculous. Jesus was conceived miraculously. But he is still a man. Why? Because if he is not a man, he would have been born of a woman. He had to take that route. There's a reason why God did that. Because if he didn't come through a woman, he would have no tie to the first Adam. They need to... They need to tie the second Adam to the first Adam, even though there are two different Adams. The second Adam must take the part of the first Adam because the first Adam is he who has the, the blessing of uh, multiplication, right? Be fruitful and multiply. So you have to come to the fruit of the first Adam. And by doing so, is linked to the first Adam. Therefore, you can say that everyone born of a woman, everyone born of a woman is of the same category in the spirit. Every man born of a woman is of the same lineage, even though they may have this different make. So Jesus came into a man, came into Mary, right? But it was not even only Jesus, that was not only his plan alone. He has, he has been in man since. He has been in man since. Abraham. Abraham really is the one that took God's seed. Imagine a man working with God to the point that he was able to take God's own seed 
and he planted it in himself. Of course, God planted it in him, but there's a way he did it. Imagine, there's a way you can get God's seed. You can take God's seed. The only way you can take God's seed is by faith. Anything outside faith, you can't receive anything from God. The only way you can receive from God is by faith. That's the reason why God is teaching men faith today. If you don't learn faith, you can never receive from God. Which is why when you want to move into the spirit, one of the things the Lord will begin to teach is that you must learn faith. Right? The basic of a Christ, the Christian work, this, no, this, at least is giving us a little bit of a, a recap. Now, and the Lord was teaching us clearly now, before the teaching series, saying to us that the basic for, for the foundation of a child of God is faith. The, the basic for the foundation is faith. You must have faith. You must be, you must, faith shouldn't be strange to you. It must be learning the, the discipline, the, the workings of faith, the attitudes of faith, the, 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 the workings of faith. Amen. Faith should not be strange to each and every one of us. So, in short, if, if we are getting called to faith, we should wake it up. Or you must have faith attitude. Why? Because you can never, never align with God without faith. You can't receive anything of God. If God, imagine God, the owner of the universe, God, the creator of the heaven and earth, wants to give something, right? The only way you can receive it is by faith. And many, many of us want to collect car, house, uh, what else? I don't, I don't, we always mention a car, house, money. We want to be, be a billionaire, be a millionaire. You can collect all those things, but you have not collected anything from God. In short, God can help you solve a problem. You want to you want to buy a house? Okay, I can give you money. You've not collected anything from God. You want, you want to, what are the other things we ask from God now? You want to collect five cows. If you're in Nigeria, you have to collect five cows so you can marry. Cow, cow. <laughs> you might want to get ten cows so you can marry. Now, some of us, our cow is different. It, just that in the north, it's cows that they take. Here is something that is money. And there's a way you can have your own five cows. It's by taking ten shifts. <laughs> That's ten cows. <laughs> each shift for, for each cow. <laughs> Amen. Amen. There's a, there's a, there's, you, know, if, you know, there's that thing about that marriage thing. I don't know why it's always a... You know, you know when people want to marry, the first fear is when will we see the money to do this thing? Especially if in Nigeria is easier. Here is is a lot. Everybody is looking for shit because they want to marry, right? And then if it's married, then some they are doing a lot of shit because they want to give birth to children because they want to have enough money to take care of them so they can be taking extra shift. Amen. What else? Some can be taking extra shift because they want to be sending money back home. You know those kind of good legitimate reason for taking like 10 to 20 shifts. Like because, uh, you know, uh, I want to be sending money back home. Therefore, I need like two, three, four, five jobs. And it looks like something honorable. But it's a lie. You are killing your soul. Because you are spending your soul for that which is not bread. Anything that is outside faith is seen. Meaning that the way souls must walk with God is by faith. Amen. Faith is the means of, of journeying with God. And faith 
means that you can't you can't be writing out your own path. You can't be planning your own way. I'm not saying that you know you won't prepare yourself, you know, be serious with life. That's what I'm saying. It's just that men must learn that the attitude towards things is has to be of faith. You can't put your trust in your own arms, right? If you put trust in your hand, it will fail you. And one thing is certain, you will do it with your strength. Because when you access, when you do things by faith, there's a way God can bring provision. Souls must learn to know that where there's a need and you are faithfully serving God, there will be answer. Most people think that if they have a need, the answer, instead of going to fellowship or going to church, is going to take shift. The truth of the matter is that you would, you would labor. But there's another way. The answer is in the spirit. Eh? You, can be, you can just be going to fellowship or going to church and that need will be met. In short, I'm a proof of that kind of operation. Serving God, serving God is not just going to church and all those things. Serving God is serving him from your heart. Following, following after God faithfully. Seeking, diligently seeking the Lord. Looking to do his will. Are men even looking to learn God's will today? What most people are trying to learn is God's will for their life. And when you look at God's will for their life, they're not looking at God's will for their life with regards to God's actual will for their life. It is God's will concerning what they want to do. And in the real sense, it's not God's will. It's their own will. God, what's, what's your will for me concerning the, the job I should take? It's all about, okay, the job you should take, okay. The answer is follow leading. What is the spirit? How is the spirit leading? How did you arrive at the job? How did you arrive at the position? How did God, how did God bring the job? All those things, right? They are all buildings of faith. Anytime we surrender to God, for God to do, for God to walk, what we are doing is that we are just surrendering ourselves to faith. Amen. We are surrendering ourselves. Ah, God will help me out quickly. I'll, I'll get where I'm going. Amen. We surrender ourselves. So the Lord, God wants every child of him to respond to him by faith. It's faith. Faith is essential. As a child of God, we can't overemphasize faith living. Many Christians don't actually have faith living today anymore. What we have is organized living plus God. No organized living is, is that they plan everything out without any faith, without any faith element. No faith element is, as you are trying, you are constantly checking God's, God's heart towards what you are doing. You don't have a final say. You don't have a, you know, many, many people can plan everything out, forgetting about faith. Many people are laboring for, for shift today, work, all kinds of things. Because they are prioritizing other things apart from God. Not knowing that if they move into the spirit, there is solution. No matter what problem anybody is facing, be it at work, be it at home, whatever it is, the answer is always in the spirit. The answer is always moving into the spirit. The answer is never leave the spirit outside and come back. No, it's always in the spirit. And that is an attitude of faith. Every believer must learn to move into the spirit and live by faith, follow by faith, receive from God. 
If you've not lived by faith, what you receive, I don't know if it is from God. That's just the truth of the matter. It's not everything that comes that God gives. No, most people think that maybe because you're looking for a job, job came, it's God that gave it. Satan can give job. Most people think that maybe because you're looking for money, money came, it's God that gave it. Not necessarily. Satan can bring the money. It's not every good thing that is from God. And when I say good thing, what men consider good? Because the truth of the matter is that what God calls good is not what men calls good. What a lot, the mind of men would arrange as good is not what God calls good. Because good has a different definition in the spirit. Good is explained from the life of this God that can satisfy what good is. They call Jesus good master. Jesus answered, why callest me good master? None is good but God. It's God that is good. Meaning that the only person that can call good, good, is God. If we've not moved to God to receive what is good, we've not received anything good. We've not received anything good. Amen. So you see clearly that faith is the foundation. No, I just know I'm talking about faith. It just seems like I should talk about faith a little bit more. Amen. Faith is essential to, 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 to spiritual living. Faith is a life that must be lived. To spiritual living. You must have faith. You must have faith. You must have faith. To receive from God. Because re- there's what the Lord wants to give you as his child. Amen. So Jesus, let me go back to what I was saying. So Jesus didn't come as a spiritual man, right? Jesus didn't come as a God. He came fully as a man. Abraham received the seed by faith. The seed found expression in the tribe of Judah. And then he came out as Jesus, right? But Jesus was fully, fully man. How he became God again is a journey and is a, is a mysterious journey that men should learn. In short, that's what he came to pattern. That most people just think, okay, we just said the gospel of Jesus. Jesus came, he died for us, we believe in him. And we just, you know, we just be hearing the, the simple, simple things about Jesus. No. Jesus is not simple, it's complex. Imagine, can you, can you, ex- if, if it is easy, why has no man done what he did? That is why we should, because most of the time we associate what he did to him being a God. No, he's not. Jesus, fully man, fully, head to toe, man. And then, the same man that we are seeing became God. And he is, is and he's not 1% God, 50% God, 50% man. It's 100%. 100% God and yet still a man. That's a great mystery. That's a great mystery. It's only God that can do things like that. But he didn't do it so that it would be a waste. He did it so that men can see the pattern. Can see the pattern that Jesus is real. Is is as real as you and me. That's what I was trying to say earlier, right? The proof of him being real is that he's a man. If I am a man, he is a man, he must be real. Jesus is too real. Jesus is so real 
men should stop seeing Jesus as the, the, the man that they see in, the, in, in, in pictures and in visions is real. If, if we see him in vision and you know, thank Jesus, is, is, is God just allow us to see him, but Jesus is real. Jesus is too real. He's too, too, too real. Amen. Amen. Then he said, uh, uh, okay, before, I think there's this, this thought I was trying to get to that I have not been able to get to earlier. Right? Uh, but clearly, Jesus was just saying that uh, he that had seen me had seen the Father. And how says thou then, show us the Father? That's what I was trying to explain earlier. Right? Because Jesus was saying that you must see him. That's where I'm coming from, right? He's saying that he that had seen me had seen the Father. Now, and seeing Jesus, he's not just seeing him in a vision. He's not just seeing Jesus in the flesh. Amen. Because if it was about just seeing Jesus in the flesh, then they would have seen the Father. But clearly, they've not seen the Father. Because John later told us that no one had seen the Father at any time. Except, but what? The son who is in the bosom, he had declared him. Amen. Here, right, we are not seeing Jesus in the bosom. He needed to go to the bosom. If he didn't go to the bosom, he can't declare him. If he didn't go to his bosom, if he, go, if he didn't go to the father, he can't declare the father. He needed to go to the father so he can declare the father. But he can't declare the father if, he's not, if Jesus himself is not declared to you. And he being declared is him being seen. When Jesus is seen, he's being declared. That's, the, that's what I was trying to say. And I think this is, this is what's going to move me quickly to the end of the message. Right? Jesus must be declared. And that's where, the, that's where the work of the comforter comes in. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Jesus, to see the, he says, he that had seen me, had seen the Father. So he knows clearly that they couldn't see him, but they needed to see him. Amen. The reason why they needed to see him is so that he can declare the Father. Now, and I was saying that Jesus is, the, is, a, is a center point, right? Because Jesus is the, is, the, is the work. Jesus Christ is the work that God has set that if anyone should see him, right, they can come to, far, to God fully. So when we get born again, it's not, it's not like we've got to God. Imagine children of God going to church, praying to Jesus. And all they are thinking about is praying about their problem, praying about God helping them through that, but never have any picture of actually God being declared to them. Or the picture of God being held in their hand. Most, people don't, most Christians don't even have the picture of receiving from God. Receiving from God, God, the same way Jesus received God. Like he said, the Father loved the Son. He has committed all judgment into his hand. Amen. And then he said that all the, in chapter 16 of John, he said all that the Father had are mine. And I will say therefore, the comforter he will take of my soul. Now, I'm just, I'm just, I'm, I'm rushing a bit, but clearly we see here what the work of a comforter is. Amen. 
I didn't get to spend a lot of time talking about the code. I had to go through different routes, right? I was just trying to explain a few things. But clearly, one of the things that we are seeing here is that the comforter is essential to the journey of a believer for what for a purpose. For the purpose of the declaration of the Son. Amen. Now, if you look at scripture and different language, you see here that nobody declares themselves. Nobody in the Godhead, the Father, the Word, and the Spirit, the Father, the Son, and the Spirit, none of them declares themselves. Another must declare them. Right? So you see, the Spirit, you will not speak. You know, see what Jesus said in chapter 16. He said, He will not speak of Himself. Right? You will take of mine and show. Meaning that the comforter is going to take of Jesus and show it. Many people, many Christians are not, are not being comforted. That's my point. Many Christians are not being comforted. And they must be comforted to come to the point of restoration to God. Because Jesus is the point of restoration. Like I said, the center point. Now, the center point between what? Between God and man. That's why they call him the mediator between God and man. But what's the link is that they will send the spirit to man to restore them to Christ and then Christ to God. That's the mystery they're explaining. This John 14 and 16 here. It's not really, it's, well, it's a mystery, but not a mystery. Right? So Jesus is the center point. Holy Ghost will take you to Jesus. Jesus will take you to God. Even though he is God. He is one and the same. Because, but that's the God. That's the operation of the Godhead. But many people will argue this. You know why they will argue it? Because they don't, because they don't understand the aspect of journey. That, there's a reason why God himself had to, had to, had to come, in, come appear in three, three persons. The Father, the Son, and the Spirit is for the means of receiving God fully. If God did not send, if God did not give us His Spirit, we can't really receive Christ. If we can't receive Christ, then we can't see the way because He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So it's the way to the Father. Then if the Spirit comes, the Spirit will show the way, and then the way will end in God. Amen. Praise the Lord. So let me, let me just finish this. But we'll see what I'm trying to explain clearly. It's just the aspect of the, of the bringing, right, of men to the center, which is Christ. And then from there to the Father. Like Jesus is saying. Amen. And that says in verse 16, and I will pray, because it, it, it clearly talks about everything was saying from verse, from verse 10, Right? is pointing towards the aspect of seeing and coming, right? And that says, I believe thou know that I am in the Father, and the Father in me, the words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwelleth in me. He doeth the works. Believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father in me, or else believe me for the very works sake. That says, verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me, the works that I do, shall he do also. And greater works than these shall he do. Because I go unto my 
Father. And whatsoever ye shall ask in my name, that will I do. You see, this is in verse 12. So very rarely I say unto you, he that believeth on me, the work that I do shall he do also. And greater works than this shall he do, because I go unto my Father. Today is not the day of discussing this conversation, but a lot of believers like talking about greater works, greater works, greater works. But mostly think, mostly we think it's about raising the dead and healing the sick. But no, greater works has something to do with that. If it was greater works, Jesus already raised the dead. Right? So what greater, what, what greater works would be than raising the dead, healing the sick, all those? What, what else is greater than that on earth? Is it making, maybe, maybe more people think that by faith getting money, if it's by that, uh, uh, Jesus has by faith brought out money out of a fish. So what, what else is greater? Which means that the greater what he's talking about has nothing to do with earthly provision. It's purely a spiritual work. Amen. So greater words than this. So it says, then says in verse 13, And whatsoever ye shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If ye ask, if ye shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. If ye love me, keep my commandment, and I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may what? Abide with you. Even forever. Even the spirit of truth whom the word cannot receive because it seeth him not. Neither knoweth him. You see this? Seeth him not, knoweth him not. Neither knoweth him. Meaning that to see has a lot to do with knowing. To see means to know. It means that there's a point we are not seeing the Holy Ghost. Especially before we get born again, you can't see the Holy Ghost. You dare not see him. Because the, the evidence of him is absent in the soul. The Holy Ghost is not yet there in our spirit. Therefore, it is the, whatever thing that we are feeling, right, before we get born again, is spiritual things, activities around us. Holy Ghost can bring it around us. But that does not mean we are knowing the Holy Ghost. You know the way the heart of, a, of someone can just be reading the Bible all of a sudden. They're just feeling some draw. They're just being drawn towards Jesus. And I want to give my life to Jesus. It's the work of the Holy Spirit, but that's not knowing the Holy Spirit. Amen. It's after we get born again we can start knowing him and then start seeing him. And he said the world cannot see him, right? Because the world does not know him, Right? So the world cannot receive him. Amen. But ye know him. He's saying to them that they know. But does that mean that they know Holy Ghost yet? No. That's one of the things I was saying about Jesus. That's when Jesus began to speak. He speaks so prophetically. He says, with, and ye sh- he says, but ye know him. Is that they will know him. Not that they have known him yet. It's they will know him. Right? But you know him, for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. Amen. Now, when you say he dwelleth with you, in a way, in a sense, it doesn't mean that it is with them, but you know Jesus have Holy Ghost fully. Now, 
Holy Ghost, Jesus is full of the Spirit. Not that, I'm not going to say he has Holy Ghost. Jesus is full of the Spirit. So when Jesus is around them, Holy Ghost is also with them. But it's not in them yet. So that is what is with you is Jesus actually being with them. Not, not that they have Holy Ghost around them. But Jesus has said that he shall be in you. I will send you another comforter. Then we now begin. To, then we cannot see clearly what comforting means. A comforter is he who speaks comfortably. Amen. Amen. Is he who speaks comfortably? To speak comfortably in the spirit is not just to console you, but you can superimpose the two. In the natural, what is a what is a comforter? A comforter is who come and talk to you. Hey, ah, please take heart. Don't maybe something bad happened, and then they are trying to console or comfort. Uh, maybe somebody loses someone. God forbid, right? And then they are trying to console them. They try to comfort them. They say, oh, take heart, and they are in a better place. They see, they are speaking comfortably to them, right? By bringing sweet words of that brings comfort, right? Spring with that brings, and that that sense of comfort in their soul is to is to remove weight. When comfort is spoken and the heart is comforted, is that the word has the ability to remove weight from the heart. Amen. That's part of the work that the Holy Ghost is doing. Amen. Is to remove weight, remove sin. And install another. Amen. He says, I'll give you another comforter. Amen. So when the Holy Ghost is comforting, part, part, of, part of the comforting work is to ensure, right, that believers begins to see Jesus. Every time believers begin to see Jesus, Holy Ghost is comforting souls. It's comforting heart, which means that heart must be full of comfort. That is why they have to speak comfortably to Jerusalem. Amen. Comfort you, comfort you, my people. Speak comfortably to Jerusalem. Amen. There's a speaking of comfort that they have to speak to Jerusalem. They have to, you, you, as a believer, you are part of Jerusalem. You, you are a Jerusalem. Amen. Because Jerusalem is made up of people. It's made up of Jews. So when, when they're talking about Jerusalem, they're speaking to, the, to bodies of men. Amen. Amen. So speak comfortably to Jerusalem. Amen. If a comforter is he who brings the word of comfort. right? And the word of comfort is the word that brings Jesus. Every time a, the Holy Ghost makes Jesus real to a soul, it is comforting the soul. There is the comfort of the Holy Ghost. There is the comfort of Jesus. All of those comfort has a goal. It is to bring the person that they speak about. You see here, it says he will not, he will not speak of himself. He will take of mine and then he will show. That is the work of comfort. It is to show Jesus to men. 
every believer should be comforted. Every believer should be in comfort. There is a, every believer that is not learning Jesus or seeing Jesus can't be in comfort. Any believer that is not seeing Jesus is not comforted. Check it. Where comfort comes in is when you move into the spirit. Have you, if you live outside the spirit, you can never be comforted. If you live outside the spirit, you can never have comfort. Comfort is also the opposite of chaos. It's opposite of peace. Comfort is actually speaking peaceably. Amen. So when Holy Ghost is given, and Jesus said it clearly, right here, so if I don't go, the comforter won't come. There's a reason why they have to switch operation. Like I was saying earlier, seeing Jesus is not seeing physically. And if you see Jesus physically, you cannot receive the blessing of seeing Jesus. Seeing Jesus comes with a blessing. It comes with a blessing of life. If Jesus was still walking amongst the disciples, eating, they would not receive the blessing in, his, in him. Because the manner of giving it is that you must see him. But you must see him in the spirit, not in the flesh. Believers must learn to see Jesus in the spirit. You must move into the spirit to see Jesus. We should not be staying earthly and staying just about, just, just thinking about cars or, just, or, or thinking about vanity. Souls must learn to see Jesus. Souls must have desire for to see Jesus. Seeing Jesus is what should be the labor of every heart. Labor of every soul. Jesus is so real. Like, like what, you know, the Lord was showing us how real Jesus is in the spirit. They began to talk about different, different beings in the spirit. They, talk about, they, they were talking about Lucifer, son of the morning. To make us, if they, they spoke about the beauty that he has. Trying to tell us about the beauty that Jesus has. Sometimes when they speak about spiritual beings, it's not that they just want to talk and talk about them. It's because they want to announce things of God. So if they carry Satan and decide to talk about the things he has, it's not because Satan is powerful. He's a, he's, he's a wise and a dangerous guy. And it's not, be, it's not because uh, we, 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 we are trying to exalt Satan. No. They are, they are trying to... Many a times there's comparison in, in, in the spirit, in scripture. They compare spirit, right? They compare nat- the natural, sometimes with the spiritual. Sometimes they compare spirit with spirit, right? For example, they can, they were, they can be teaching about angels, talking about the kind of thing they have to show us that we as men ought to have something like that too. Telling us about and you angels of it are excelling strength. It's a sign that men must excel in strength. It is possible for men to excel in strength. Right? When, it, when they're telling us that there are ministers of ease that do his pleasure, it means that men can also do pleasure. That is why they're telling us that in the presence of God there is fullness of joy. And on the right hand there are pleasures forevermore. It's because there are pleasures to do. All these things they are using as a picture to paint. You know, see, you will not see where we we'll sit down. I'll be talking about how to make money. If church 
is this is calling believers seminar. Oh yeah, how to make one million dollars? It's death they are giving them. You must teach that thing with the sense of Christ, meaning that you must teach it from a sense of the invincible that has no value for the natural, but trying to teach how to use the natural. So they paint. You will not see see us gather together because we want to worship God, and they start t- talking to us about canal things, car, house. When the Lord, sometimes we are, we are gathered that the Lord, maybe say the Lord will provide for you. They are trying to just help. It's us that are trying to help. Maybe perhaps we have faith for things. But God did not gather us or will not gather to sit down and start learning how to make money. No! What are we trying to learn? Spirit. We are trying to learn spiritual things. So heaven needs to make spiritual things real to souls. If we are not desire, like I was saying, if maybe we leave we leave church and we go home and we don't have desires for God in our heart. It's, it's a sign that spiritual things are not yet real. Why? Because souls should be transacting. There's a place souls should be transacting. It's in the spirit. If the spiritual is not made real, souls won't transact there. Souls won't love to move in there to, to, to Jesus. You know, you know, it is in the spirit. You just look, Jesus, I just, I'm just here today. I just want to Jesus with you. What do you have for me today? No. Most of the time, when souls are looking at Jesus, they are thinking about their, their problem. I'm not saying that Jesus can't solve problems. I'm not saying that the, the, the relationship and fellowship with the Son is not about Canada. It's, it's first about Him and you. Can it just be about a love relationship? Right? Just a love relationship. A lover talking to a lover. Say, it's like, imagine that statement in the Song of Songs. Say, kiss me with the kisses of your lips. For your love is better than why can they so just find delight in saying that to Jesus? Jesus, kiss me with the kisses of you. Is it possible for heart to get there asking for Jesus? Jesus, these are the thoughts that should be around men, not the thoughts of money, car, problems to solve. Is the thoughts of Jesus. Do you know that thinking about Jesus can bring money? Thinking about Jesus can actually bring solutions to problems. Amen. Amen. There have been times that I was just, I just said things randomly. Ah! I just did this thing. I forget about it. I was just, all I'm thinking about is to do God's will. To this, what is, God, what is in your heart today? How can I connect your will? I'm trying to connect the comforter. Comforter, comfort me. Comforter, comfort my soul. I want to be comforted by the Lord Jesus. How? By seeing him. Every time the light of the knowledge of Jesus hits my soul, I am, I am filled with joy. Amen. The joy is such that I want to jump back to the joy again. Ah! Is it Jesus I'm just seeing like this? Is it Jesus I'm... When, when, when the picture, the image of Jesus land in my soul by the word, is word, the comfort I will bring, the, there, there is enough word to talk Jesus in scripture. The comforter is a master of word. He is the comforter that wrote scripture. Amen. Amen. The mind of the comforter wrote scripture. Is it possible to see Jesus? Heaven wants us to see Jesus. Means that we must desire the, we must desire the ministration of the comforter. That can we desire to experience the, the comforting aspect of it? It's possible we have the Holy Spirit. We talk with the Holy Spirit, but we are not experiencing his comfort. Many believers have the Holy Spirit but they don't have his comfort. 
Because the comfort is not just about him coming and telling you, sorry, Pele, you are all right. You'll be okay. Uh-uh. It will be all right. That's not the comfort there. Comfort, the comforting of the Holy Ghost is to speak about Jesus. If he's not taking of mine and revealing, he's not comforting. There are many things Holy Ghost does. There are many things Holy Ghost can do. That has nothing to do with comfort. But it can give a sense of comfort. Amen. Amen. It can give a sense of comfort. But it doesn't mean that the Holy Ghost is comforting souls. When Holy Ghost makes Jesus real to souls, then he's comforting. Then we are expressing the comforter. Because the comforter is now beginning to speak. If the comforter is not speaking, it's not comforting. Because the cry is comforting, comforting my people. Speak comfortably. The bringing of comfort is the bringing of speakings. Speak comfortably to Jerusalem. The comforter must speak comfortably for us to receive the comfort. But they told us in that Isaiah 40 that when he speaks comfortably, there's something he will do. He will remove sin and iniquity. Meaning that when Jesus is being revealed, there's an operation of things that is ongoing. There's no way we will know Jesus. We'll see him and certain sins will remain. They will have to leave. Every time Jesus land, things go. Right? There's a song that, you know, that is in my head. When you walk into the room, it's not when you walk into the room. And they say, is it when you walk into the room? There's a song in my heart that, that is talking about when it comes, things disappear. I forgot that. Ah! I don't know that song. That's cut that disappeared. Maybe I'll... It can be one of those new songs. You people that will know it. Eh? You people that should know this song. Eh? I think that's the I think that's the song. I think that is when you walk into the room. Eh? When Jesus walks into the room, means when he's revealed, things will change. There's no way Jesus will be seen. Can it, can it, see, this is, this is, this is, this is, this is, this is it. This is the message. Can believers fall in love with seeing Jesus? Can just that be that the only desire of the heart of man is Jesus Maranatha. Can you come to my soul? Can we shout Maranatha? If, when, I, I would like to know that souls are desiring Jesus is that when they go about their day, they are at work, they are in school. They are thinking about Jesus. Jesus is, the, is what is giving them answer to school, to work. Jesus is, is, is seeing Jesus is the first. They, they are living in a world where they can see Jesus. And from there, they are living their life in the natural. Amen. It's not supposed to be the other way around that we pull Jesus here. How do we put Jesus here? We start looking for Jesus. Can you please... Uh, help me solve this problem here. Help me solve that. No. It's the other way around. That one, we are degrading him. Jesus, that's why Jesus can't, did not, did, had to leave quickly. Then he said, I will send, I have to go to the Father. I can't stay here. Why? Because you must not know me in the flesh. Anything fleshy must not be at, as, as attached to me. I will come again, but first I must go. 
By the time I come back, I must have raised men that can receive me in the natural. That's what Jesus sees. See, because he's going to come and that's going to reign a thousand years. Right? As at that time, there would have been men raised enough to take Jesus. In short, they will call for him to come. And they will have to come. You have no choice but to come. Because there are men that can take him. He was telling them, I have many things to say to you. It, it tells me that when Jesus comes and is living for a thousand years, whatever he's saying, men can bear it. But here, he said that I have many things to say, but you cannot bear them. How be it when the comforter is come? How be it when the comforter is come? It means that Jesus has many things of himself to say. That he can't say that only the comforter has the authority to say. Because they need to change the operation. Jesus needs to leave. Though he's in the flesh, but he can't stay. If he stayed, if he stayed, many men won't believe. Many men won't believe. And he will be limited. Even though he has all he has power, he will be limited. He can't speak of himself. He can't speak of himself. He has to send another that must announce him. That's why they have to send the Holy Ghost. When they send the Holy Ghost, it's to show G- the main purpose of the Spirit of God is to reveal God. Oh. The Holy Ghost is not just to comfort us and give us bread and butter and help us remember our umbrella on a rainy day. Holy Ghost, the main, most believers don't really know because we, we've lacked sight of the true message, which is to follow after Jesus, to see God, to go back to our inheritance. And our, many Christians don't know what inheritance. They have no hope. That's why Paul had to tell, is it the Corinthians church, if uh, our hope, on it, uh, is, is, uh, is our, if our hope is after this life alone, we have all men most miserable. Meaning that if all your hope ends here. No, there are many believers that talk about their hope in uh, heaven. Oh, they are going to heaven. But that's, when you, like you know, in prayer now, you say that if you now check how they live and what's important to them, you realize that what's important is really things here, not anything up there. When you check the, the desires of their heart, it's things here, not up there. When you check the desires of their heart, it's not of faith. Because whatever is of faith, right, is good. God is good. And faith is the means to get the invincible. You don't realize that there's no faith. Men don't have faith. They can't see the invincible. They don't have faith for the invincible. What they have faith for is what they can see. They can have faith for God to provide money. But they can't have faith to receive God himself. And you check what? How is their life going? They are afraid to lose their job. What do I mean by that? When they lose their job, they are afraid to lose it because they, 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 they can give their life for that job. But when it comes to God, God can be in the background. You know, there's a, you know men can live in fear. No, there's something that, you know, there's a reason why men fear, sorry, the time has gone, why men fear uh, losing their job and it's their life they are afraid for. If I lose this job now, hunger will wire me. But if you have faith, I'm not saying that you should be misbehaving at work or if you misbehave, they will fire you and hunger will wire you. What I'm saying is, can you have faith that God has provision? 
and you are doing what is if if you have faith that you are being diligent at your work, they can't fire you. Even if they did, the Lord will provide another. But you see, you can see that some hearts may not have such faith. Why? Because they'll give all that they have to that job and then neglect God. And then they'll give God the five minutes off the bed and five minutes in bed. No five minutes, they wake up for the Lord. And they'll go to work and then finish, spend all their soul and energy and strength. You know, sometimes after they spend, then they come back home. Ah, let me watch Netflix to relax, to to, decon- to decongest. And then after that, the time to, ah, go to bed. Okay, Father Lord, thank you for today. We give you all the prayer. Okay, just say, Amen. Straight to bed. Or maybe say they have even have strength in their heart. Okay, let me read my Bible small. They be, by opening Bible, the first page they are sleeping. How many of us, have, you, know, you know, there are times sometimes that has happened to me that, you know, I want to read my Bible. As I'll carry it like this, I'll just do this. Immediately I'll just stand up. I can't be, I can't deceive myself. I'll carry myself, stand up and go and read my Bible. I, I, either I read it standing or I go and sit down. You know, some of us, after being tired, we want to read our Bible on the bed. Eh? That, 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 that is a recipe for sleep. Amen. Jesus, one thing that is clear here is that Jesus must be real. And the comforter comforts by making Jesus real. Why? How, why, is it, why is that act comforting? It's because when Jesus left, he was taken. When he was taken, the disciples were wondering, ha! What is happening? Where is he coming back? He also said here that he told them that he's going and they are sorrowful. Right? But don't be sorrowful. I will send you a comforter. He will comfort you. How? He will bring me to you. Even though where I'm going, you can't see me. He will make you see me. That's what the comforter is. You now see that Jesus, God, is not about just doing things. It's about making men see him. It's about making men know him. So the comforter must reveal Jesus. And that is why we must, we must have fellowship with the comforter. That's why we can't neglect the comforter. We are seeing what I'm just describing is the Holy Ghost. We should, we should love. Why? Because without the, Spirit, without the Holy Spirit, forget life in the Spirit. He's the one that makes it possible. The Holy Ghost is a comforter, beautiful comforter. That can comfort us by bringing. See, the, the pain of him leaving, he can bring comfort, consolation by bringing him down to our heart. He said he will not, he will show, he will take a man and he will show. What that means that he will show Jesus to souls. Are we blessed tonight? Can I begin to pray? Can we pray this now that heaven would help us to increase in, in knowing the comforter. For the activity of the comforter to begin to take place in our heart. That the, all the operations of the comforter will come and increase. We want to be comforted by seeing Jesus. We want to, to increase in comfort of seeing Jesus. Let's pray. Maharana house of Ariada. The heart would come into to dispensation of the comfort of the spirit. That the spirit will comfort us. That we will be comforted daily. That we will come into comfort daily. That we will be spoken to comfortably. Speak, com- speak comfortably to Jerusalem. Can we pray? That we'll be speaking to comfortably. That we'll come into comfortable speakings of the Spirit 
in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. We give you all the praise. We give you all the praise. We give you all the praise. We worship Jesus. Thank you, Father. For in Jesus' name we have prayed. Father, we thank you for your mercy tonight. Thank you, Father, for speaking comfortably to us. Thank you, Father, for bringing the operations of, of your comfort and explaining even your comfort, how you comfort us, your children. We ask, Father, that this activity of the comforter will increase in our heart in the name of Jesus. That is, we increase in our heart to see Jesus more and more and making Jesus real in our heart in the name of the, that we will find pleasure in a life in the spirit which the comforter brings in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, Father, because you've answered our prayer. And for everyone that desires your comfort, we ask, Lord, that you increase oil for comforting in every heart in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father, because you've answered our prayers. For in Jesus' mighty name, we are praying. You dwells between the